0: Racism, identity politics, us versus them, none of these things will be featured on episode 84 of the Scottish Liberty podcast with me, Anthony Samroff. And me, Tom Laird. Okay, this is going to be a controversial show.
1: Uh, I'm not... It's controversial already because Anthony's got his socks off. That's true. <laughs> not because... Barefoot. It's going to be Pop more... foot and
0: barefoot. It's gonna be more I'm pregnant. Con- <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about?
1: No idea. You've
0: already. I did a massive intro to build <laughs> intrigue and get people to listen the to the show. For the and now you've destroyed that. You've destroyed me. my whole build up. You're a dick. <laughs> Okay. The Ant and Dick Show. Welcome um, to the Ant and Dick Show. This has just got to the point where anyone who I don't want to listen to this podcast will definitely have left by now. Excellent. Because it's going to be more controversial than when you said that some people deserve to be homeless. And it's going to be more controversial that when than when you said that some people deserve to be poor because they're just cunts. <laughs> Is that what I said? Yeah, uh, I'm paraphrasing. Okay. Uh, you Paraphrasing said, or inventing? You said something like, <laughs> "As uh, as the are as anyone on the left willing to believe that there is such a thing as the deserving poor?" Yeah, because I think there are. Yeah. I think there's some people who are just, just. counts. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, so I think that's fair to say. Because
1: there's the undeserving rich, but there's the deserving poor in my book. Controversial. Yeah. Okay. And they're both cunts. Funnily enough. And
0: this is not going to be because I love being controversial, although I do. It's because I am incensed by falsehood. Are you incensed by falsehood? I am
1: incensed by falsehood, neighborhood, <laughs> womanhood, <laughs> victimhood. nationhood, <laughs> Robin. Get Robin, Robin Hood. <laughs> <laughs> he pisses me right off. <laughs> with all <this laughs> with his redistribution of wealth, Rob from the I rich. To the <laughs> okay. Who does Robin Hood think he is? What about <laughs> Jeremy Corbyn? <laughs>
0: what about <clit> hoods? <laughs>
1: <laughs> What's that? <laughs>
0: I don't care to <laughs> specify. That's a myth.
1: <laughs> is that? <a> myth? Yeah. <laughs> oh a yeah, we, we may never get to this. Thing that you know that you can't find that gives them pleasure. Yeah, well, it's their own fault for you know putting it in a hood for a start. <laughs> Get the hood off of there, <laughs> little red riding. Okay, this is a very very silly start to our show <laughs> okay. this week. Uh, okay. if you're still with us after that? Uh, a complete stream of nonsense. <laughs> what you got for us, Anthony? Who, okay. do, you, who do you hate? I hate who's, Ezra Klein. Who's Bernie. He's the Ezra worst Klein. person in the world. Okay, maybe he's not the worst person in the world, he's but he'll great. certainly make the finals. And uh, Ezra Klein, for those of you who don't know, uh, former blogger and uh, journalist with the Washington Post. How did he get that uh, post? A uh, sort of knowledge and truth hood. <laughs> Back to hoods again. Um, yeah, and now uh, editor at large and chief probably of Yes, at large. Vox that uh that also fountain of truth vox uh those of you will know vox as the channel that brings you all the truth and uh more lies actually about gun crime and they they don't like guns on vox and they're always making videos about it that are just utter utter trash but anyway so that's uh, ezra klein and what's particularly bumming your toast about ezra klein aren't they?
0: ezra klein appeared on the Sam Harris podcast, on Waking Up podcast. He did. indeed. And what basically happened is, like, maybe a year ago, Sam Harris had Douglas Murray on, no, sorry. Douglas Murray, Charles Murray. Charles Murray, Murray, easy to confuse those two. Um, Charles Murray, the author of a book called The Bell Curve, who, for those of you who have not heard about it, one chapter in The Bell Curve mentioned that there was uh, different mean IQs between... Different uh, racial groups. And ah, okay. this created an absolute shitstorm that has haunted the last, um, well, Charles Murray's whole career. He's been no platformed at universities and so forth, uh, had protests and things like that. He wasn't even saying anything particularly controversial scientifically or even unpalatable politically in this particular case. Okay. Um, and basically, Ezra Klein was part of a cabal who published hit pieces on Sam Harris and Charles Murray for even having the audacity to discuss these issues. And when I heard that Sam Harris, when I first heard that someone had challenged Sam Harris on discussing race and IQ, I actually thought that he was being attacked by the right because continuously on his show, he says things like, why would anyone even want to talk about race and IQ? Like, why would anyone want to study, go out their way to make a topic of discussion or study it? Like, and I thought someone was saying, you should have this person on Ezra Klein uh, to discuss it, because someone had said, well, it is important. It is important to discuss it, because we've got all of these programs, like affirmative action, and we've, and so and what have you which is basically charles murray who wrote the bell curves position which is if we ignore the fact that there are differences in the iqs across races then we might be trapped into thinking things that are caused by discrimination uh, when they're not actually caused by discrimination like for example Let's take the wage gap, for example, which is largely due to the different choices that men and women make. Men travel further, men work longer hours, men like more dangerous and unpleasant jobs. Maybe they don't like them more, they're more likely to do them because they pay higher and so forth. So the same thing could be true across races. People could make different choices or they could have different capabilities. Um, Now, it, it turns out that he was not being challenged for the right on saying why even discuss IQ. He was being challenged from the left for having the audacity to have a conversation with Charles Murray about Charles Murray being uh, basically blacklisted and becoming a pariah. Okay. And uh, the interesting thing is Sam Harris' key criticism of Ezra Klein was that it's problematic to make these topics radioactive in fact it's more problematic to make people radioactive for talking about it because one way or the other people are going to talk about it people are going to fight want to know what the accurate information is and stephen pinker has covered this in a yeah, video yeah. where he says if you do not present the facts on these topics what happens is the most um uncharitable representations of these facts. Well, blacks are obviously just inferior to whites and so forth. The only people who are willing to cover these facts are the most unscrupulous. And I have to say, in preparation from making this presentation, that's what I discovered firsthand. In order to get good facts, I had to actually watch videos by white nationalists and people who are even on the far right of the far of the alt-right to actually get any decent information but the most interesting thing about this discussion for me was that time after time Klein quotes Charles Murray and goes can in a tone of voice so as to say Charles Murray says this like can you believe he even said that like what kind of person is he At no point does he argue the point. At no point does he actually make... He doesn't make any rebuttals. rebuttals. He just proves that he's playing so-called identity politics, that he is making topics radioactive. And this is what really, really annoys me. Because fundamentally, Ezra Klein's is after Charles Murray because Charles Murray wrote a book called Losing Ground, which demonstrated that welfare programs... Did not have the effect that they were meant to have. They didn't help. They didn't seem to take people out of poverty in the long term. And be- he won't say that, but he talks around the fact that this is his problem with Charles Murray. And he is willing to use any means necessary to attack and discredit Charles Murray because he finds his views on welfare disgusting. But he doesn't say that. He doesn't say, well, do you know what? Charles Murray's views on welfare are disgusting. He does say, um, he, So I, I want to kind of talk around a various number of these points. Why is race IQ and IQ important? Well, for exactly the reason that Charles Murray says it's important, which is that um, if you fundamentally believe that everyone is equally capable, then you should be affronted when you find out that everyone doesn't have... Um, the same results. Now, this would be absolutely fine on a free market situation, but when we're told over decades that the performance of certain groups is uh, because they don't have enough money and we create more programs and they don't work, so we create more programs and more money keeps on getting redistributed, then people are forced to become collectivists out of sure, sheer self defense. And that's, this is why. I don't like presenting this information. It doesn't make me happy. I would rather not have to cover this, but it's like basically Ezra Klein's feels of moral outrage are uh not an argument no. when it comes down to it. And can I
1: ask something at yeah, this, this stage? Just quickly. How sound are Charles Murray's arguments? How sound was the research that was done into this? Um into this subject well, of race and IQ?
0: Well, the thing is, um, it's still, the the to a, it depends who you listen to. Some Sorry. people say that it's settled. Um,
1: some people say that... Uh, what, the way that climate science is settled? Yeah,
0: yeah exactly. Right. But the thing is, the whole point of this discussion is we should be able to have the discussion. It shouldn't be a radioactive yeah. discussion. Now, my point is, actually, I didn't want to say, because... I don't think that we do live in a state of nature where everyone is given the same opportunities and so forth and what have you but what really winds me up is that they're not actually looking at the see if it's right i've got some stats here right let's have them, and the them. here here's the, the point for ezra klein particularly right there was not an excess of fatherlessness in the black po- african african-american population in america in the 1920s or the 1930s, black unemployment was lower than white unemployment in the 1930s, so clearly it's not slavery which has caused the change, clearly it's something else. And could it maybe be, maybe be just just as Charles Murray suggests, that the fact that since the 60s, everyone's entitled to everything, and you actually get incentivized by the government to break up from your husband after you have a child and sue them for child support? Could it maybe be something to do with the fact that we pay women with free houses through the state? Could that have something to do with the fact that there's so much fatherlessness in the African American community in America because they were poorer than the whites were? So, so, oh, oh no, that couldn't possibly be the case. It must be that we need more welfare right? How about the fact that every single time they increase the minimum wage in the USA, youth unemployment goes up amongst blacks? Why can't Ezra Klein talk about that? Why can't he talk about rescinding or a permanent freeze on the minimum wage? Yes.
1: What, to, why doesn't he even discuss the racist origins of minimum right? wage in the first place? You know, um after the Civil War, you know, when contractors, um, southern contractors and northern contractors were bidding for jobs in America, northern contractors had predominantly white workforces who were unionized and southern contractors had predominantly black workforces who weren't unionized and uh, the northern companies lobbied government and the the government, I can't remember the name of the act, I'm sure maybe one of our viewers will tell us what the name of the act was that the American Congress enacted in order to bring in minimum wage laws uh, to to benefit white white companies, you know, and that resulted in mass uh, black unemployment in the South. And you're going to see that on average, right, Ezra Klein brings this up. If
0: you submit two identical resumes and one has an African-American name and ha- one has a white white name, the white person is more likely to get the job or or be called for an interview. Okay, very well. I believe that's true. Um, the thing is, well, first of all, one way of combating that would be to get rid of the minimum wage so that people have something to bargain with. There'll be more jobs to go around. Another point is, on average, you'll find that African-Americans are more likely to have committed a crime than um, white Americans are. Statistically, statistically speaking, speaking okay. that's not to say that all blacks are criminals. Oh, you know, the fact that I even have to spell these things out is such a pathetic indictment of the culture. But there,
1: but there will be people who, out there, there who will use ju- that fact and then translate that fact it's, into a negative... Uh, Stereotype yes. like blacks, I or you see, you know, they're yeah. all, yeah. Um, you know, yes. inherently yes. criminal. And if
0: you don't have these conversations, then you, you can't you're you leaving out. it to those people. So here's the thing the the uh, African Americans are disproportionately affected by the drug war, and um, that creates more fatherlessness. And then you'll have alt rightists come and say, well, if you look at the number of violent crimes committed by blacks, that's still much higher than violent crimes committed by whites. And you go, yeah, but then if you look at the data closer, you find out that a whole bunch of that violence that blacks are arrested for is drug-related violence. So even within those stats, we're we're seeing uh, it's still linked to the drug war, the war on drugs. Now. The fact that Ezra Klein's not talking about these kinds of policies, how welfareism creates an epidemic of single motherhood and about uh, the minimum wage goes to show that this isn't really about helping minorities, it's about politically correct opinions. And it's so brave of Ezra Klein to take a brave stance against Charles Murray, who wrote a book and has been slandered for decades because of it. Like, how brave is Ezra Klein taking these politically correct positions? I mean, what a hero he is. What a fucking dick. What a fucking dick, right?
1: Look, if you can something you say about it, man, they just come out and say it, don't you? <laughs> Stop fucking around, why don't you? <laughs> Well, <laughs> I are they, around the yeah. <laughs> so
0: yeah no, he, he expresses disgust at Charles Murray basically saying that seventy years of changing environmental policy has taught us we don't we don't know how to do it, and it's like well, what if he's right? Why don't you answer that question? Like, what if he is right? If you can prove Charles Murray, Murray wrong, prove him wrong, and it's just using disgust as a political bludgeon, so. Let me just see if there's anything I I missed here. Yeah, just these quotes like we are trying to redress racial inequality based on an idea that it is the product of American history, when in fact it is some combination of innate and environmental. Apparently, it's an affront um, to 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 even have the audacity to say that. So, um. Oh, and I wanted to mention Charles Murray is for the UBI, right? So he's he's, he's well, not he's a, a cuck as
1: well. Then. <laughs> right. as as he's concerned. for the universal basic cuck income.
0: Cuck. So it's like he's a conservative, but he put out a book suggesting he's a put out a book suggesting that universal basic income would be a better alternative to the current welfare state. So it's not like he's trying to throw anyone out in his ear. It's like I don't know if you've forgotten this, but is in over twenty trillion dollars of debt. So you know maybe. Uh, it's not so bad to look at alternatives to the current welfare state. Oh, yeah, and to bring back, yeah, again, more virtue signaling. He quotes Charles Murray writing that low cognitive capacity women are uh, are being subsidized to give birth. Um, it's like as though being disgusted at this is enough to disprove it. Is it not a fact that middle-class families pay taxes, which then go to pay for... And welfare for single mothers. I mean, does Ezra Klein have a way of, does he care to debunk the fact? Whatever fucking way you look at it, money is being taken from some people and given to others through the tax system. Some people are being subsidized to have children, some people pay so much tax that they can't have a third or fourth child, right? So if you want to help these people, why don't you put your hand in your fucking pocket and pay for them yourself? There's no need to force other people at gunpoint to to pay through the tax system and I have to decide with I have to say right this is just it's it, it is in itself social engineering right yeah so I don't know I mean so what,
1: and what what was I mean that's that's Klein on uh, on Charles Murray. What was his beef with um, Sam Harris? I mean, Sam Harris is hardly a right winger. Well, certainly not by by my standards. I, I would not put Sam Harris in the in the, the right wing camp. What was what was Klein's beef with him? Well,
0: Klein's main beef with him was that he had a conversation with Charles Murray. Oh, he did. About he, race and IQ. How, he, uh,
1: yeah. he had a conversation with Charles Murray. Yeah, that's it.
0: That's it. That's enough to make him radioactive and and that he didn't bring in the context. Now, I mean, okay, well, look, if someone wants... I mean, what
1: are they supposed to do, Chasman? Just throw shit at him wherever you see him and like, <laughs> force him to go around with a fucking cloak on and a bell? You know, like, what, is, is that what we're meant to do with people?
0: Uh, Who you disagree him. with?
1: You turn feather him and hound them out of town. Well, I've gone... I've gone for.
0: I've gone so far as that if anyone wants to destroy my character from now on to the rest of eternity they've got enough fucking um fuel so i might as well go the whole hog and talk sure. about um yeah slavery right and i need to this is how embarrassing it is as a libertarian i have to say by the way i think slavery was an abomination i'm i'm forced Apparently, you know, by the way, for uh, no, I'm not for a slavery. Okay. I just want to mention Were well,
1: your people, not you people, but your people slaves in the land of Egypt.
0: Where are we? That, that's uh, that's under a historical okay. dispute. Okay. Does anyone know if there's any historical evidence that Jews were actually slaves in Egypt? Um. Is there any... Contro- inf- that's
1: probably the most controversial thing you've said. <laughs> right. so
0: because because it, it, it's, it's in dispute whether they actually ever were slaves in Egypt. Ooh. Apparently, the only evidence is the Bible. Now, obviously, if you believe the Bible is the word of God, then that's evidence enough. Okay. So here, I just want to say that basically, um, if you were going to be a slave, it would be better to be a slave in America than in Africa or in Arabia, where the Muslims would have castrated all the male slaves and then worked them to death. The Muslims basically worked their slaves to death. So uh, the Atlantic slave trade was just over 10% of the total African slave trade, and 72% of it was going on in Africa itself. The other 18% was the rest of the world so i yeah slavery what i mean to say is i should have preambled with this slavery was an abomination it was an abomination everywhere yeah it still goes on some places it was an abomination everywhere it wasn't just an abomination in europe and america and if you want to look at the standards of living at the time well i mean in 1870 20.1 percent of blacks were literate in the same year Russia had a literacy rate of around 15 percent and Africa didn't achieve a literacy rate of 20 percent until the 1950s So uh, basically the work the slaves and uh, other places in the world were worse off uh, and the thing is slavery was such an abomination like all abominations, uh, you know that being a sinner harms you as well as the victim. So, um, the the white people didn't benefit from slavery. This is a complete. Obviously, there's a few people. Yes. Obviously, a few people benefited from it, but white people in general did not benefit from slavery. In the north. Where they didn't have slavery, they were spending money, was going into industry and they were industrializing and they were getting machines and they were improving the living standards. But because they were spent, because they had slavery in the South, they industrialized slower, causing um, civilization to progress. If you look at the overall tax, now I don't like doing demographics because I'm an individualist, okay? I believe we should see each person as individualist, but if these people are going to play the collectivist game, then we are forced to in self-defense. And if you look at the total amount of tax paid by the white population as opposed to the African-American population in America, um, $300 billion a year is transferred from white taxpayers. To blacks and transfer payments, so you could say that whites are already paying 300 billion in reparations for slavery.
1: So, it, I think it's I think it's worth mentioning as well at this point that the vast and overwhelming majority of the white population in the southern states of America did not yeah, own they weren't slaves. Slave owners. Many of them didn't even own shoes on their feet. Um, if you know, if you were a if you were a black and you were Okay, I won't use the word, but they would they would call him a house slave. Right? Okay. Um, so if you worked in a if you worked in a, a big mansion house, your life was probably better than poor white trash. Um, and one of the the things that happened when slavery was abolished was white people, poor white people, could actually get jobs driving carriages because mm. up until then all the carriage jobs were black slaves. Right. Uh, white people couldn't do it. A minority of poor white trash could get themselves jobs as overseers mm. on plantations. But a large major a large majority of, of, of whites couldn't get any work. And if you were poor and white, you were really in the shit. And that, that still persists to this if you look at South Africa, uh, if you're poor and white in South Africa, you're pretty much fucked.
0: You, right, you, that's you, the
1: case. You, right. you, you know, you don't have the state benefits that somebody who's, who's black would have in, in, in South Africa. So it's worth I think it's worth mentioning that aspect that the vast majority of white people in the South were poor, really dirt fucking poor. So as you say, they didn't benefit from slavery either. And
0: I think you just need to... Well, well, slavery is a phenomenon that's existed all throughout yeah. history. It only really took a racial component onto it, uh, obviously, in the last few hundred years. Yeah. And um, the thing is, life was fucking horrible in that period compared to today. Everywhere. You would not want... The slaves in America, this is the shocking thing, yeah. had a better standard of living than the serfs in Russia or China or India did at the time. Because the standards of living at that time were pretty cor- taken as horrible, an average taken yeah. as an average.. Yeah. So uh, life was pretty grim and it has been pretty grim for all but a few for most of history. So Ezra Klein says, this is what folks in the dominant group get to do. They get to say, my thing isn't in identity politics. only your thing is. when people don't look like you hear you saying this is just an identity politics, They don't think, my God, he's right. And no, they won't, because the thing is, fundamentally, people like to blame other people on their problems. And it's like, there there are government policies that I strongly believe have um, kept blacks down, so to speak, in America. But they're not the ones that Black Lives Matter are talking about. Well, maybe they sometimes talk about the drug war. Maybe sometimes it's Walter Williams mentions that this, the public schools in black areas are worse than the public schools in white areas. That could well be true. Again, but this all comes down to government, government, government. Yeah. And that is the thing that Segregation I hate.
1: was enforced by Seger- government.
0: Yeah, yeah, segregation was enforced by government. So you might think that the leopard can change its spots. I don't. And when you try and use the violence, when, as you say, when you dance with the devil, the devil changes you, you don't change the devil. You try to keep on using force. Just as slavery was harmful to the population that was keeping slaves, because it it slowed down the industrial revolution, there's no point to invent these machines when you have slaves, you're not going to save very much money. As soon as you abolish slavery, the industrial revolution progresses faster because there's an economic incentive. To, to innovate. Now, keeping those slaves was bad for us. So when you try and use force, it corrupts you. Yeah. And basically, another point I want to make is the whole thing's a sham because Ezra, Ezra Klein assumes blind that welfare programs are beneficial to the poor. What evidence is there of that? Ha, I can't remember the well, fact... Fi- what
1: makes them feel good, probably? There's
0: trillions that America has spent trillions and trillions on the war on poverty since the 1960s there should be no poverty left in america if distribution helps but all you're doing is paying people to be poor and um i think that sam's main point about making talking about these issues radioactive is the problem i agree i agree with steve pinker and i just want to say if charles murray is basically saying the obvious if people have different capacities, you shouldn't expect them to do equally well. Why that should be controversial? I can't tell you. but the worst thing ever is that Ezra Klein doesn't even make his point explicit. it make Charles Murray's point explicit because it's so uncontroversial when you put it in those terms and then he'd actually have to um, have to deal with it, deal with it with facts, reason and evidence. Well, um Ezra Klein wants to say a priori that all differences in outcomes are due to history and environmental, mm-hmm. whereas the Thomas Sowell stats that I quoted about how there was less illegitimacy, there was more uh, literacy, there was a higher rate of literacy amongst blacks uh, going back decades before the welfare state than there is now. And whites. And whites. That if anything it undermines this point because yes. things should be getting better after time if it's caused by slavery not worse so ezra klein after all that you
1: are the i just want to mention quickly, if not the year with ezra klein uh is just to put my final point uh, slavery. The definition of slavery would be to force one person to work for the benefit of another. What else would government enforced welfare programs be but to force one set of the population to work for the benefit of others? So you know that that's that's slavery in of itself. So yeah, back um, hairs a coin. <laughs> yeah. Fuck him. Yeah. Okay, okay, what do we got for the good people now? Well,
0: uh, unfortunately, our viewers, I'm not very happy, uh, to say that Sam Sam Harris, Donald (laughs) Trump, uh, the Trump administration, the Don, the The Trump, Trump, they're embarking on
1: more bombing of Syria. Have you prepared a special report? I haven't prepared a special report, but I have done some reading. Okay, it's like this every time. We embark on a war. There has to be some pretext, right? Whether it was in the, the First World War, people were fed stories about how uh, German uh, soldiers were going around the Rhine, uh, going around uh, Belgium, <clears throat> chopping the arms off of babies and uh, bayonetting babies, eating babies, uh, raping women. You name it. Uh, these were the stories that were largely circulated in the press in the United States and the United Kingdom. Um, the Charles Darrow um, of the Scopes Monkey Trial fame. The Scopes Monkey Trial fame. Yeah. Can you remember the Scopes Monkey Trial? Uh, Scopes Monkey Trial was... Being, Am I too young for this? Uh, oh, we're both too young. Even I'm too young for it. Uh, This was a famous trial, it's called euphemistically the Scopes Monkey Trial. But basically, it was a show trial in which a creationist pastor went up against uh, a young um, teacher who was teaching evolutionary science in the schools. So they had this trial, um, and that the teacher was put on trial. it was, but it was pretty much a show trial. It wasn't, it wasn't actually a serious thing. There was never any danger of this guy going to jail. But Charles Darrow was the guy who defended the the evolutionary teacher against the creationists. Um, and that very same guy, Charles Darrow, uh, put an advert in an American newspaper saying, that OK, if the Germans are going around uh, Belgium, Massacring people and slaughtering people and amputating, chopping the arms and legs off of kids. If anybody can produce one single amputee that's been that's you know that, that's had their arm or leg chopped off by German soldiers in Belgium, I would like to see the evidence. And he, he offered up a reward and nobody could actually do it. Nobody could produce one single amputee that the, the, the Germans had done. And it was bullshit. It was just a pretext for to get the public all riled up and angry to get involved in a war. Mm. And uh, we're doing, I think we're doing the very same thing in Syria. The press are doing the same thing in Syria. These chemical attacks that... I, I'm not saying that, uh, you know, in the words of George Galloway, Bashar Assad is bad enough to do it, but is he mad enough to do it? And I don't know if that he is. I haven't seen any evidence, nobody has produced any definitive, first-hand evidence that even any chemical attack took place in Syria. And even if it
0: did, it's not to say that Assad did it. Because the whole point is, America were getting ready to pull out of syria yeah just like last time just like last time bomb trump bombed syria they were getting ready to exit so what kind of strategy is that Uh, just as your country is going to be unoccupied you suddenly decide that it's time to uh, launch a chemical attack it it beggars belief it doesn't make any sense it's yeah uh, 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 what your story reminds me of the thing during the first gulf war where a woman went on television, a Kuwaiti woman went on television and said that the Iraqi forces, Saddam Hussein's forces were going into hospitals, taking babies out of incubators, throwing them on the floor and stealing the incubators. It came out later, years later, that this woman was the the daughter of a Kuwaiti ambassador who had been coached to give that speech. Of course, this be around 90, circa 1991. Yeah. You have no internet. You have got no way of checking that story is true. So if you saw that on television, you'd think, oh, my God, those Iraqis are brutal. We need to go in and bomb them. And um, uh, you just never know. You just well, know it, it, it repeats Weapons itself. of Kosovo. Mass
1: destruction. Kosovo was another case in point. Um, there was mass graves. And, and we're not talking about Bosnia-Herzegovina. That's another thing. That's another situation. But Kosovo itself... Um, they, we, there was claimed that Serb uh, troops and Serb militias were, were raping people en masse and yeah. there was these mass graves with thousands of people on it that the Serbs were slaughtering in uh, in Kosovo. And it turns out now, to this day, not one single, not one mass grave has ever been discovered in, in Kosovo. Yeah. They found one mine Uh, where there there was roughly about 200 bodies they found in there, but even independent uh, investigators couldn't establish whether or not they were Serbs, Kosovans, or uh, or whether they were uh, Albanians, or whether or not they'd been killed in air attacks, or or who'd killed them, or whatever, they couldn't establish it. So not one single viable mass grave was discovered. I mean, they, 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 it was it was completely made up. In fact, that some uh, people now are on record are saying, "Yeah, it just suited the narrative yeah. at the time to get. We wanted to get involved. Clinton wanted to get involved, and they bombed the shit out of Serb civilians in order uh, to get their war in Kosovo. To make a point. To make a point. Now we've got a situation where Donald Trump, uh, who went on a platform. Well, here we go. This is. uh Let's, let's see, this is a tweet from Donald Trump uh, when Barack Obama was president. Okay, 20, uh, 2013, Donald Trump said this. Again, to our very foolish leader, talking about Barack Obama, do not attack Syria. If you do, many very bad things will happen. And from that fight, the US gets nothing. Wise words at the time, I would say. I absolutely agree with Donald Trump in that instance. Now fast forward to the 11th of April, 2018. And Donald Trump tweets, Russia vows to shoot down any and all missiles fired at Syria. Get ready, Russia, because we will be coming. Nice and new and smart. You shouldn't be partners with a gas-killing animal who kills his people and enjoys it. <laughs> what a difference! I kill my people and enjoy it. What a difference! Is that another Donald Trump? Could it be the Maybe same was, Donald Trump? No, no. The
0: thing is, what you don't understand, tam is he's playing four D chess. You see, okay. how and does that work? Did, oh no, he's playing a multi-dimensional game where he's bluffing and giving people the impression that he's doing one thing when really he's doing something else because he's just a genius, you know. Well, as he's, is it, he's, know know he's he, taking down the deep state. This has
1: got shades of. Do you remember how Clinton? Bombed a factory in Sudan. In the Sudan, I think like, it was. There was nothing to do with anything, just, and uh, it was just a fertilizer. Was was medical, medical supplies, stuff. okay. Yeah, that was great. And it was apparently it was this bomb making factory. But he bombed it, and he largely bombed it to get attention drawn away from himself in the Monica Lewinsky scandal, I believe. Am I conflating? Yeah, it into? may
0: be. Well, it may well be. Uh, yeah, okay. Quite- but anyhow, at the time when it
1: my take on this could be: Is Donald Trump trying to get rid of this uh, idea that he was, you know, his campaign was interfered yeah, with, yeah. By, by saying, "Look, you know, I don't owe the Russians anything. In fact, I'm get, I'm, I'm all in favor of getting into a war with them and saber rattling just to take heat off himself. I don't know if that's the case, but it just seems rather strange. But the fact of the matter is, no credible first-hand evidence has been produced that Bashar al-Assad has been involved, that there has been any chemical attack on anybody in Syria at all. But even if it was, there's no evidence linking uh, Bashar al-Assad. We are now getting into a situation where America and Britain are about to embark on a situation that could turn out really scary. You never know what it's going to end up when you get involved in a war. This is 2018. One time in 1918 we got involved in a war for propagandist reasons and it took us five years and hundreds of thousands of lives lost to get out of it. I don't see how dropping missiles on populations in Syria. And possibly, in fact, there's no way around it. I don't think it's possibly. I think definitely there's going to be civilian casualties. How is America and Britain killing civilians in Syria? How is that morally any better than Bashar al Assad supposedly killing Syrians? Is it Syrian uh, civilians? Civilians. And it could precipitate. It could precipitate the most dangerous situation since the Cuban Missile Crisis. This could this could bring us close to, if not into, a war with Russia. And if that happens, it's going to be pretty fucking bad, for Britain at least. America's all right. You know, at least there's a couple of thousand miles between you and Russia. I think it's going to be pretty bad for Britain. Um, if you want... If you're capable of, if you're able to do that from America, uh, Peter Hitchens has a blog. Uh, Anthony and I have several problems with Peter Hitchens, but he's been pretty good on his anti-war stuff. Uh, he has a blog at the Daily Mail. Um, that, uh, that very well, hybr- that Highbrow. Hybr- <laughs> yeah, that Highbrow uh, newspaper. I'm not a big fan of the Daily Mail, but actually he's at the Mail on Sunday. Um, slightly different, but anyhow, uh, he has a blog there and he has a, a link on his blog, for anybody in the UK who wants to write an email to our Prime Minister, because it looks as if Theresa May is going to throw her lot in with Donald, she hasn't had anything good to yeah, say about Donald Trump, serious, right? she hasn't had nothing to good to say about Donald Trump, she's been talking about banning him from the UK and all this kind of jazz, and yet she's ready to throw her lot in and bombing Syria and sending troops to Syria uh on no evidence whatsoever uh you've got the whole uh Russian uh assassination supposed assassination of uh dissidents in the uk uh going on as well and that's th- this is this whole thing's linked. and it just seems we're itching to have a go at Russia for some reason Theresa May's ready to throw a lot in. It looks like she's not going to wait for... Parliament's uh, not in session at the moment. It looks like she might not even wait for Parliament to get back in session. If there was any credible threat to this country of the United Kingdom, I could see the point, but then it would be a matter of uh, bringing Parliament back, having an emergency session. But it looks like she's not going to get a vote from Parliament. She's just going to go ahead and, uh, and get involved in this war. It's a bad idea. I think we should get some evidence first, and even then... We should think twice, maybe think three times before getting involved with, a, with any conflict that could bring us into conflict with Russia because you just don't want to get... What benefit does war have for anybody apart from special interest groups and arms and armaments manufacturers? Are you going to fucking save people? Are you going to save people? No, we're going to in... kill more people. We're going to kill more people. And if Bashar al-Assad falls... The way Gaddafi fell, and the way um, you know Saddam Hussein fell, is it going to precipitate an even greater and worse conflict that's going to bring even more refugees streaming into uh, Britain from the Middle East, Britain, and the rest of Europe? Yeah. Uh, um, and how you know what good has our interfering and our nation building done? In Afghanistan. And how long does this need to go
0: on for over and over we again? We have no idea how uh, long it's going to last. Like before, how many times do people need to make this mistake before they realise that this doesn't work? Uh, or maybe they don't want it to work. Maybe it's meant to go on. Maybe it's the cash cow. Maybe it's money for
1: the... Maybe the war's never meant yeah, to be won. Like
0: that was kind of George Orwell's point in 1984. Yeah, perpetual war. Uh, the, 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 the purpose of war was... Was the destruction of human labor, without which a a, a hierarchical society cannot continue to exist, because people just get too wealthy? And you also need to give people an enemy to fight, to stop them from pointing the finger at you. We're in peacetime. Imagine we're in peacetime. We don't have any external enemies, and people are still suffering. They start to look at go. Well, why isn't the government working? I mean, Murray Rothbard coined the term, term the welfare-warfare state or the yeah. warfare-welfare state, and that's what this thing is. It comes back to the Ezra Klein thing. It comes back to Charles Murray's book, Losing Ground, that came out in the 1980s. That was incredibly influential, and it wasn't incredibly influential because uh, the state loves books that suggest that the state should have less power nothing could be further from the truth it presented a case that was hard to deny that not only had welfare programs the big war on poverty programs been ineffective they had been counterproductive they produced a permanent underclass the children of the children of the first welfare recipients did not have parents who had a work ethic. They didn't see their parents going out to work. They didn't see their their parents had been de-skilled because they never had any need for any skills. They were not given a good start in life. You've created a permanent underclass. So it's it's interesting the parallel between the folly of our foreign policy. We just keep on meddling, we just keep on meddling. And the more we meddle, the worse it gets. And it's the same with the welfare programs. It's supplanted the organic network of um, of horizontal associations that formed a welfare society. Um, it's like, you know, in Buddhism... Well, I
1: guess war yeah, is a form of welfare. It's a form of corporate welfare. The, because you, the, you know, the arms manufacturers
0: yeah. aren't doing badly out of it, that's for yeah. sure. So I, I guess in, um, in Buddhism there's a... Um, a metaphor, which is what do you do if you want to clear your mind? Well, it's the same as if you see a cloudy river. Do you put your hand in the river and try and clear the clouds away? No, because you just kick up more dust and make it more clumsy and cloudy. You just need to just sit at the bank of the river and wait for it to clear. And that's the only thing we can do with all this drama is keep your fucking hands off. Stop poking hornet's nets.
1: I think it's it's worth mentioning as well that This mob who are in the city that was supposedly bombed by Bashar al-Assad are called, I think they're called the Sword of Islam, the group that's in there. They themselves were accused uh, a few years back of using chemical weapons against Kurds. So... Whether they did or not is another matter, but it seems to me that there's a there's an uh, a distinct possibility that these people, if there was at all a chemical uh, incident, may have done it themselves, like a false flag, like a false flag thing. You know, uh, we know that that happens. You know, it's not just all conspiracy theory. You know, it, it has happened. So I think would do well to stay out of it. I think if you are in the UK and you're listening to this program, uh, get onto Peter Hitchens' website, his blog, uh, get that link and write an email to the Prime Minister, Theresa May, as soon as you possibly can, saying, not in my name. Let's not get involved in a war, possibly with Russia, uh, over something that we know nothing about. We have no evidence that this was a chemical attack at all, never mind by Bashar al-Assad. So, uh dangerous times
0: yeah i just wanted to say one thing about this uh, mark zuckerberg congress thing i'm not really okay i need your help guys out there what exactly is he alleged of i know that he's been targeted for well um, for not being fair to conservative news outlets or <laughs> right, removing okay. right wing pages. What do you know? Well,
1: all you kids out there who use Facebook, including you, Anthony, I don't I don't use with a face like this I'd do well to stay away from Facebook. But um I I don't use it. Never have. Never had an account. Um no interest in it. Apart from promoting Scottish Liberty apart Podcast. From, apart from you, the Scottish Liberty Podcast, obviously. Um, yeah, the podcast has a Facebook page. The party, Scottish Libertarian Party, has a Facebook page, but I personally don't have one. So I I, I, I know nothing about it, literally. So Zuckerberg's part of this, in front of this congressional uh, committee, and it's to do with Cambridge Analytica. Okay. And the fact that... Lots of people's information, personal information, uh, got to this private company, Cambridge Analytica, who used it to analyse the data, to find out uh, and and supposedly sold that information to political interests uh, who wanted to manipulate the way that people voted. However, what they're doing is they're holding Zuckerberg, because he's the CEO of the company, they're holding him responsible for this massive uh, leak of personal information, and as we all know, government yeah, that's my hates, point. absolutely hates prying into people's personal lives yeah, and like, getting, getting their information. Yeah. They would <laughs> never do
0: that. If, if Congress really cared about your privacy, they'd be going after the NSA. They'd be going after warrantless wiretapping. This uh, Edward Snowden would be uh, would be a, a, a admonish. No, what's the opposite of admonish? set free julian assange would not be out in hiding it's like the the government cares so much about your privacy
1: (laughs) i mean at the end of the day facebook is a private company they'll stand or fall they can do what they want but here's the
0: thing i need someone needs to give us good information on how much money say your facebook your google and so forth how much have they benefited from state handouts corporate welfare, tax breaks. Tax breaks. Well, I mean... No, no. I
1: mean, the tax breaks are good
0: if they're for everybody. Yeah, exactly. But they can be unfair. And the other thing is, apart from those things, um, have there been legislations which favour the big players? And I think that really muddies the water, because in a free market, it's easy to say, well, Facebook is a private company. They can do what they want. And, like... But also... Even if they are a private company and they can do what they want, it doesn't mean they're beyond criticism. You
1: you're still allowed to criticize them for it. Yeah, and you're allowed to wind up your Facebook account if you don't like the service. And people that you're are getting. saying that
0: we should move to MeWe. I I really w- wonder why they called called the new social network MeWe. To I mean, your to we, MeWe. <laughs> I mean, they do realize that "we" does mean pest, don't they? I mean, why why Maybe would they, they do don't. that? Maybe they don't. Have you seen the photos of the white helmets staging casualties? Hmm. I have have seen some photos like that
1: and I don't know if the photos of the white helmets staging casualties are actually staged. Right. right. (laughs) Here's another problem that I have. I know that Bashar al-Assad is a bad guy. I know he's capable of lying. What I know for a fact is my government tells lies. Right. I also know that the American government has been caught telling lies. And I'm quite sure that uh, Vladimir Putin and his government probably tells lies as well. So everybody's telling lies. Uh, and I don't know what to I believe. can't
0: even believe you when you say that. How yeah, exactly. do I know?
1: How do I know that everyone's telling lies? Yeah, if I told you I was a, a compulsive liar, would you believe me? You know? So this is the thing. I don't know who to believe. Um, it's perfectly possible that this attack was carried out by Bashar assad It's, it's, it's possible. You know, I can't say that for definite they didn't. But we don't, you can't be getting involved. I'm not saying don't get in a fight ever. But if you're going to get in a fight, you better be absolutely sure what you're getting in it for. And... Yeah. What's the end game? When what do we know de- that yeah. the
0: conflict is complete? Exactly. What does victory look like? Yeah, this is a thing they always do. They always go into fucking countries and topple the government. How about beforehand we say, these are the goals of our intervention. Once these are met, we leave. We intend to meet them in this timescale. Because do you know what happens in a job if you set out what you're meant to do and what's the timescale and you don't uh, live up to it? You get fired. Yeah. Why is it that so many people have voted for the war in Iraq are still at their career, yeah. they've survived it. Blair's not done getting fucking accolades and positions and he's a multi multi-millionaire. So if you are, let's say, a black person in the United States and you're caught in possession of drugs three times, you get put away and your kids have to go without a dad. Okay, but if you initiate a conflict that kills hundreds of thousands, if not millions, you end you up get being to a do multi, the
1: after dinner tour. I know. Yeah, you and know, getting fifty grand a time for your after dinner speech. Um, I mean, uh, what 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 do we have to say about? It? I mean, like, okay, let's have a look at some comments. Um, don't waste your hate. Wow, uh, don't waste your hate. American exceptionalism. Obviously, we are better than everyone. Maga, maga, maga. Whatever that Not is. Not
0: to mention all the private information Facebook and others have given to the NSA. Hmm, okay, so so that's a good point. So you're saying the Congress is being very um, hypocritical, uh, pointing their finger at Facebook because the government has benefited. And one thing on Facebook, taking your information, right? Now, it may well be that they're actually collecting information on people who aren't even members of Facebook. I believe that they got in trouble for doing that. Not all of... Like, not all of the information you connect collecting is so horrible like when i i have an ad blocker on my computer and i use it shamelessly because i'm tired of these big long ads but on my smartphone like when i go on facebook yeah i get ads but the great thing about it is as some of you know i'm in the personal development industry i get ads from other people selling courses that are relevant to me uh, or or i i get a heads up on what my competition is doing because they're trying to And sell courses to people and things like that. Uh, uh, I would much rather get those ads that are targeted to my interests than tag and then ads that aren't targeted to my interests. So sure at the end of the day you don't have to join Facebook I mean
1: you don't and you don't have to stay with them either um so if you don't like what Facebook's doing I mean that's the that's why don't you move good, to Somalia why, yeah exactly why don't <laughs> why you don't, move to Somalia why don't
0: you move to Somalia if you don't like what Facebook is doing
1: but it was interesting to know I only watched a little bit of the congressional thing and it was interesting to know, know the average age there of, of, the, of the of the people who were grilling Zuckerberg were about six. was sixty five. And none of them seemed to have much of a clue as to who Zuckerberg actually was, or what he did, or what Facebook was. Um, some of it was quite awkward to watch. Did uh, mm-hmm. one old uh, congressman say to him, uh, "You, you have, you have this Facebook thing uh, that um, <laughs> you know that you don't charge people for. How how long can that possibly last as a viable business model?" And the, the, the Zuckerberg just went. Uh, we do advertising yeah (laughs) so so yeah it was the whole thing's rather strange. i mean i want i would like to know exactly what the projected cost of this congressional meeting um simon boyle says great show guys
0: i got slavery duties to attend to for the next couple of hours but i will catch the recording later long live syria and on that very lovely warm uplifting note be libertarians. Yeah, don't be of Trump or of Clinton. <laughs>